0: So, um, did, did, did I tell you? I did I tell you? I um, sold that track. You Sold which? That track.
1: That, oh, that really?
0: Hit? Yeah. That we have at the top. Uh, really? It's a uh, this little German, uh, and it's
1: it's like background music. I think it's an. Fantastic.
0: It, but that's one that we sold. Yeah. Oh,
1: that's great. That's neat. Oh well, good. Is it going to show up in uh, like a what a, what a commercial industrial TV show? What it's is a it? German movie. German movie yeah yeah it's a
0: little German movie and a guy Just they wait. contacted me and they're like you we, we, we want to buy uh, uh, all right uh, 30 seconds of that of that of that queue nice and I, and I was like okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> no now, now that's that gets sold on what marketplace um, I, I
0: I ingrooves I have a, I, I'm, I'm ASCAP and BMI you can yeah. buy all of that stuff on In-Grooves. It's in, yeah. it's on every digital platform on the planet Spotify yeah. iTunes. Uh, uh google music everything all of our stuff is there fantastic uh, but that that was neat now actually I, I have an agent who who's actually hustling that stuff for me now <laughs> agents are a hell of a, a thing because you yeah, know i used are. to you know yeah with agents you know yeah. how we had our issues sure. with agents you yeah. know well, sometimes you need an agent yeah you do yeah, yeah. yeah you anyway don't. sorry I was going to...
1: All good that's that's cool congratulations yeah all right. Well, we will uh, we will weigh in on the the uh, the Oscar nominees in, in a future show. Mm. Uh, we got a lot to deal with this week, and there's going to be some stuff going up on the Oscars on the uh, on the uh, then that should already be up on the Cinegods.com site. Uh, email us at gods at digigods.com. Go visit us at Cinegods.com and uh, send us your Vox boxes, whatever else. We have got one little piece of mail that uh, I want to read right at the top of the show I thought was very uh, entertaining from Chevelle Dixon wishes us a happy new year and says I listened to the podcast and your discussion of mother and it got my interest peaked so I decided to watch it and see what the fuss is all about (laughs) (laughs) the the saying the saying we love you Chevelle Uh, the saying curiosity killed the cat comes to mind because this film nearly killed me it was two hours of Aronofsky indulgence, and I can never get it back. Be glad you did not watch it, Wade. Sincerely, Chevelle Dixon.
0: Thank you, Chevelle. Thank you, Chevelle. Thank uh. you. I appreciate that. Did, <laughs> I, did that, that me and you, you? me yeah, and Yeah. No, no. It was, yeah,
1: you uncorked on it, and yeah. I have not seen it to this day. I, I'm, I'm glad I'm not. That's so. another
0: one I'm thinking Darren thought we would have been talking about around about now.
1: <laughs> True. Darren. So we have uh, we got I got KidVid, we got some some more anime, uh, we got some great trash, some really good indie indie stuff. Uh, uh, but straight up, I want to make mention of two really important criterions. Sometimes we like to save the criterions for later in the show, but this is this is a great twofer. for uh, because they're films you've probably never heard of. Most people have probably never heard of these, have never seen them. Uh, G.W. Pabst, really significant German director of the Weimar era that we often don't talk enough about because everybody focuses on Murnau, mm. uh, everybody focuses on Fritz Long. Mm. You know, there are certain, there are certain German directors that we just, they're, they're, they're the ones. And Pabst sometimes gets a little bit lost in the mix, uh, God bless you, Criterion. They have gone and unearthed a couple of really important Pabst films uh, from the early sound era when Pabst moved from silent into sound. He was one of those guys who really just killed it. And it's interesting because... Um, some of the others didn't really. Murnau is not a, you know, Murnau. When we think of Murnau, we think of silence. Yeah. When that's you think of Too. When you think of Fritz Long, you think primarily of silence, and then of some American noir films and things like M, which is early silent, which of course is great. But, you know, did did Fritz Long ever do anything like Metropolis? Yeah. No. no. So Pabst's uh, sound stuff has kind of gotten lost in the. The mix. comedians is just one of the. Well, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, here's a couple from Pabs. One from 1930 and one from 1931, and they are both outstanding and amazing. And I ne- I've never seen either of them. Uh, West Front, 1918, made in 1930, uh, in both German and French, is a World War One story that takes place in the trenches and deals with four soldiers just going through hell in the trenches. And uh, I'm going to say, you know, this is coming around right about the same time that you get All Quiet on the Western Front in the United States, mm. which won Best Picture. This is a better movie, mm. a, a much better movie. It has been restored. It has been rarely seen. It is beautiful in every conceivable way. 2K digital restoration. And um, there's also a, a French television broadcast uh, from 1969 that shows World War One veterans watching it. And it is devastating. It is just devastating. Um, film scholar Christopher Horak did an interview to talk about it and give you kind of some backdrop on it. There's also a new audio interview, uh, or, uh, relatively new, from the late 80s with uh, the guy who edited the film. Um, it's, uh, it's really it's quite an impressive film. It's called West Front 1918. Really, really good. And the other one, I'm, I'm going to mutilate the title, even though I'm half German, uh, Kameradschaft kameradschaft this is from the following year 1931 uh and it is uh, it is about trapped miners uh and uh it, it's really it's quite interesting it is uh it's about trapped miners in germany and in france uh and uh, the the miners are you know the, well it's it's french miners it's the, well okay let me let me take two Wade. so it is um it's about a cave-in on the border between France and Germany. And the miners are French, and uh, the efforts to free them are, you know, take place on both sides. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, France and Germany have a, a real history behind them. West Front 19 obviously deals with much of that uh, from a World War One perspective. And then Kameradschaft gets into... Sort of the post-war relationship and uh, everything that is still lingering from World War One, and the and how that sort of um, resonates now, and how it affects the their ability to cooperate to rescue these miners. It's really, mm. it's it's very heavy. It's really heavy, and it's quite provocative, and it's a it's a really thoughtful film. Uh, and much better than the freaking Chilean minor movie that oh, we had yeah. a few years ago yeah, with yeah. Antonio Banderas yeah, and, and uh, yeah. Gabriel Byrne playing Chilean, yeah, it's, it was so uh, uh, Juliette Binoche playing Chilean. Is there anyone in here who's actually Chilean yeah. in this
0: movie? Uh, yeah, even uh, Kate Del
1: Castillo. She's Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> That's sure. what I'm like, what? Crazy, you know. But anyway, uh, this is the trap minor movie to see. It really is tremendous. It's just a tremendous movie. I'm surprised that it's not more famous. Uh, this also was recently restored in 2K. Uh, has an interview with uh, film scholar Herman Barth on uh, on the background of the film. Also uh, the same. There's an interview with the same editor uh, as on the previous film, uh, and uh, n- an interview from 2016 with Jen Christopher Horak as well, giving some background on the film. It's really tremendous. So, Kameradschaft and West Front 19, uh, 1918. Two tremendous films from Criterion on Blu-ray from the great German director G.W. Pabst. Very good stuff. All right. Uh, you know what? Let me... You got stuff one you want to run through? Yeah, I or? got one more. I got one more to go through. Uh, well, actually, you know what? This is stuff I was hoping to get through last week, so let me, let me plow through it just a little bit. Uh, I got a couple, of, a couple of interesting little piles here. Uh, one is the uh, IndiePix Festival Favorites Volume Two. We didn't get Festival Favorites Volume One. They're supposed to still get it to us, so we're going to do this in reverse order, I guess. When they get us the Volume One, but IndiePix Festival Favorites from uh, IndiePix Films is uh, is just a nice little box set of three films of theirs that were uh, hits on the festival circuit, and uh, they're they're worth checking out if you're if you're a real indie person. IndiePix really is very much into. Intensely indie stuff. The films are "Roaring Abyss" by Kinue uh, Piniero, uh, "Icons Among Us," "Jazz in the Present Tense" uh, by Michael Rivuara, Lars Larson, and uh, Peter J. Vogt from the uh, Paradigm Studios, and uh, "Echo Tone," which is uh, the, the the quiet fight for a louder future. Uh, a lot of great music in this. Uh, the um, you know Austin is known as the live music capital of the world. And uh, there's a lot of really just the music scene in Austin is 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 legendary. You know, before there was South by Southwest, the film festival, there was South by Southwest, the music festival. So uh, this is really uh, this is a great look inside the whole Austin, Austin music scene. Uh, Echo tone is uh, is worth a look. And then, you know, the other two jazz in the present tense is just it's fantastic. It's fantastic. I love jazz. I especially love, you know, real jazz. Like that conversation from La La Land when when she says to him, she goes, what about the jazz I know, like elevator music? (laughs) Gosling's reaction in that moment is like he wants to scream. He goes, well, okay. Uh, I just watched it again the other day, by the way, for the the 18th time. That's how I know this. He goes, well, uh, okay. He kind of cocks his head like, I'm going to be really patient here be really patient, so anyway, this is real jazz icons among us <clears throat> okay. and uh and roaring abyss is uh, is about the music scene in ethiopia uh Addis Ababa it's an amazing music scene, and uh you know we don't often get it here just because music from certain parts of the world especially Africa and Asia just doesn't make its way to uh, to the Americas. Yeah. Well, so, you know,
0: it got tainted by the notion of uh world music some 25 oh, yeah. 30 years ago that notion. Yeah. So rather and so whenever you see music and it comes from someplace in the world that yep. label gets dumped on it. Yeah. Uh and and it's so incredibly unfair because it you is. know it, it's, that's a made up label anyway. Stuff. That was a marketing thing and this is just music, you know, and uh, it's it, so and, good. it's and it's so hot. It's, it's so good.
1: And then, lastly, got a whole bunch of stuff here from uh, Uncorked Entertainment, uh, Uncorked, and uh, the people at High Octane Pictures, uh, all being released together. This is schlock, and it's glorious schlock. It is. It is. This is at a certain level where people are spending no money just to have fun and make crappy movies that are that are. That <laughs> that, why not? Seriously, why not? Let's go nuts. So, here I'll go through them real quickly because uh, this stuff is. You put this on. This is what I always recommend to people. I've done this for years. You're having a party, don't put on like a real movie. No. Put one of these on. Yeah. Because it's something to talk about.
0: And every time you look at the screen, something perfectly ludicrous (laughs) will be happening. happening And people will
1: it's a conversation starter. People will laugh. Nobody will know what's going on. They won't recognize anyone on the screen and they will have no idea what's going on. Antimatter. Antimatter is probably the most legit film of all of them. Anyway, uh, antimatter. Tunnel, antimatter. It's like Alice in Wonderland with with just all kinds of weird kind of uh, you know modern sci fi concepts. Um, Cold Moon is a uh, a revenge thriller. Actually, Cold Moon is is interesting because of uh, some of the people involved. Uh, there are some quite legit people who had a hand in this film. Oddly enough. uh, So it's worth uh, it. This one might be actually worth checking out. Okay, now we're getting totally nuts. Circus Kane. This is just a raw, naked attempt to take advantage of it. It's it's funny because I got it over here. We're going to talk about it. And they're like, you know. Killer clown, red balloon, plaster it right on the cover. And uh, spend like a buck ninety to to make it look a little bit hor- horrific. The
0: artwork for that box cost it, more than that movie. It
1: probably did. Uh, it's absolutely hysterical. Baltazar Kane is the 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 evil villain here. Anyway, Circus Kane, hilarious, really hysterically funny. Uh, the ice cream truck. Welcome to the neighborhood. Okay. You know, in, in, in a certain way, though, I am happy
0: that there is a space again for these films. Oh, I am, we, too. Because there was a space for these films when we were kids. Sure,
1: in the 1970s. Yeah, tons in the of 70s. It like was a yeah. space. And
0: that kind of went away for a while. The, the VHS... Happen and all of that kind, of, and then you yeah. know, and then everything got all sophisticated there for a while. But now there's a space for this stuff again, it's, and you can make a buck ninety five movie. He's a murderous ice cream, which truck is great man. because that's where people need to learn how to make movies. Sure, learn how to make movies, making one of these
1: damn things. By the way, like we should point out, Sam Raimi and Peter Jackson started Thank by you. making these movies. Thank you.
0: Yeah, you know, Tobe Absolutely. back in the day, you yeah, and you know, all this kind of. That's what they learned to make
1: movies. He's an ice cream truck guy and he kills people. Yeah, what, what more do, do you need to know? Because, technically, they all problem. are all ice cream truck guys are and then we people. have friday the 13th oh oh no no it's not friday the 13th it's the 13th friday <laughs> the 13th friday <laughs> as if that's gonna avoid the lawsuit oh it's too funny uh none of it has anything to do with friday the 13th um do him anyway this is this is actually much more clive barkery kind of stuff it's yeah. so funny uh it really is uh it's like you know there, there, it's a, there's a there's a you know an orb that sort of opens up the demonic domain, kind of like the little square in the Hellraiser movies. Uh, Here we go. An American Werewolf in... Oh, no, no. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I got that wrong. Carnivore, Werewolf of London. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just love that they're they're sitting around and they're looking at all these movies and they're like, how can we rejigger this title? It's so
1: great. Anyway... Uh, you know what am I? What am I gonna tell you? It's in London. And there's a werewolf. And there it is. It's done. And you know, you look at some of the you just they did on. that in
0: porn for years. By the way, they would take Crazy. a movie and just oh, you know, yeah. rename it. And...
1: and as if we didn't have enough killer clowns, Tim. Yeah, Clowntergeist. <laughs> come on, he's a clown and a ghost. <laughs> He's the, a ghost clown. The reason you're afraid of clowns, Clowntergeist. No, actually, the reason I'm afraid of clowns is because they're just creepy to begin yeah, with, yeah. and it freaks me out even more. But if you want to add to it, sure, why not? Uh, the clown makeup in this thing is just fabulous. Uh, so anyway, it's, this is all about a about a girl who has a she's just terrified of clowns. She's absolutely terrified of clowns. And um, the she winds up having her own little it experience all by herself, and uh, it's 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 a complete takeoff on it. It's just absolutely fantastically funny. And then the last one is sightings. They see uh this is basically paranormal activity all reduced to a to a, a schlocky exploitation film uh shot in the middle of nowhere and god bless him for it because it just makes it all the, all that much better ah, so uh, a whole lot of fun there uh sightings clowntergeist carnivore werewolf of london the 13th friday the ice cream truck circus cane and then the two that are a little bit more legit cold moon and uh antimatter so a lot of fun
0: what one will find in those movies um, um, occasionally, you know, or even, yeah. even more than occasionally, is some good directing and some good acting. It, um, you will find that as much as we make fun, you know, yes. uh, which is, of course, what everybody's doing. Everybody's trying to, all those actors are trying to just create a good scene for their reel.
1: You're, 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 and you have no resources, so you have to somehow stretch a dollar in some really creative ways. Look, you watch some of that early Sam Raimi stuff. You watch, again, the early Peter Jackson stuff. Yeah. They're stretching a buck.
0: Yeah, and
1: yeah. nobody would—nobody in their right mind would have said, "Oh, this person's going to go on to do." Uh... No, you don't. But but they're 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 cutting their teeth.
0: Yeah, and and learning learning how to actually do it. Yeah. Uh, some uh, yeah. new new, new. new newbies new. here. Uh, new releases. Let's do the new releases. Uh, uh, and here we are. You know, we're talking about you know, we're going to talk in the future. I, 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 I thought maybe in the back of my my head there might have been a chance. that There would have been some talk about Last Flag Flying. Steve Carell, Cranston, and, <sighs> and Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. The movie the movie doesn't come together. It doesn't. Um, Brian Cranston is is the weak link oh, he's in the film. So
1: over the top. Uh, but but crazy. Larry
0: Fishburne and 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 Steve Carell are actually pretty solid in this movie. This movie gets me by the time he, it's about these three guys,
1: old soldiers from Nam. Yeah. Uh, and one of they them they come has, to, they come together yeah. for we shouldn't we shouldn't say exactly why they're coming together because yeah. that's, that's I, a part I, of it yeah yeah but there's a reason why they they come together all these years later and it's it yeah it yeah the great sicily tyson um
0: it's a really powerful movie
1: in certain it, ways it's got some really good stuff in but it I, you know i, I think i mentioned
0: last show that something about these movies are not doing what yeah. they did for us in our youth this would be this would have been gardens of
1: stone it would have been yeah uh, would have back been, in the day sure i but here here's what my feeling was i while i was watching it during our award season rush i was thinking okay this is this is this is obvious casting to me oh yeah the crusty old guy brian cranston uh you know the crusty old guy who's you know sexist and will say anything and he still thinks he's you know he's he's just a he's a he's the canary in the coal mine he's brian cranston okay well that's obvious uh, the introverted guy who doesn't want to say much you know who's still carrying a lot of baggage okay steve carell sure yeah he can be mousy and oh yeah who's who who went and turned all preacher mm. uh, and who's still got a big got, got a big chunk of nom left in him and he's got to keep it uh, keep it tucked under oh sure lawrence fishburne it's more interesting to me mm. if you rotate those actors move, move, move that around move yeah. that around yeah. make lawrence fishburne the the, the the bar owner the cranston guy make Make Steve Carell the preacher, and you know, and, 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 and or make or, Lawrence or, or, Fishburne,
0: and maybe 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 tuck Lan- uh, Cranston into that collar.
1: Sure, or 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 make Lawrence Fishburne the introvert. You know, he's such an imposing figure with that deep voice. Sure, that's an obvious thing to make him the preacher, but. Make him the guy who can't quite, you know, who has to sort of come to the others and who has who has issues. Yeah, let him stretch. Yeah, let's see what they do. That would have been more interesting to me. Yeah, that's already a better, uh, you know, a more interesting. Yeah. More, more, a more, you know, uh, just
0: just. But we're remaking the, were. the movie. It's not the movie yeah, they, they made. They, so. they, they popped in their head the way they popped into yeah. their heads. Uh, the 4K Ultra HD version of the Lego Ninjago movie. Now here's the <laughs> thing about that about this movie. I saw this movie in theaters, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, for the show. And this movie almost made my head explode. I'm sitting next to a two year old, or maybe a four year. old I can't tell the difference between a two and a four year old, but whatever. I got kids all around me. It was one. Of, it was one of those. Uh, you know, bring your kids. Screens. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And this movie starts fast. And gets faster. Uh. It's kind of funny in its premise. Ninjago is a place, uh, and you have these uh, these characters that are constantly saving uh, this place, Ninjago. From yeah. This, you know, and it's coming every time. And then, and and these kids, uh, 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 they are actually high school kids uh, by by day, and then yeah. they're in Ninjago by night. And every yeah. day, and there's this little thing that's going on where one of the central kids, his father, uh, is the, the thing that keeps attacking the city every yeah. day. Yeah. Uh And, you know, Lloyd, it's Lloyd, you know, and it's just, it's sort of funny in that way, if they would just slow it all down a bit. And I know that this is stupid, because yeah. I'm old, and yeah. this is not meant for my, you know, eyes shutter <laughs> ability. This is meant for kids. So yeah. I think kids are really really going to love it. I mean, I don't know, Hero? Is this a Hero movie? No, no, no
1: it's not. It's too fast. Uh, too, too fast, yeah, what? Okay. Yeah, much too fast. Uh I'm looking forward to taking her to see Early Man, the new Nick Park thing. Oh, that's yeah, that's what I'm looking forward, forward to. Really- so, yeah you know. but yeah, no that that that's way too fast and frenetic for her. She likes everything a lot slower, uh but but uh, yeah, so well, yeah, I, I, right. I, I, none of that Lego stuff. it's all too fast for me,
0: yeah, yes, it makes my, <laughs> makes makes my eyes want to bleed. um uh, yeah, I'm not I was never a fan of the jigsaw films. yeah, uh, this is jigsaw. The game continues. From the uh, Saw series. Yeah, yeah, uh, from yeah. the Saw series uh, uh, there. I, mean, I was never a fan of the Saw films, so I should yeah. say. And, and whatever. Yeah, I mean, if you like this stuff, you like this stuff. If you don't, you don't. Anyway, this is a two-disc set uh, Blu-ray. With a, 4K. Uh, 4K with uh, audio commentary on it. So, you know, you're into it or you're not. I'm not.
1: Uh, 4K Ultra HD for Blade Runner 2049 is a dazzling thing to watch. If you if you want to see what HDR can do, if you've got a high dynamic dynamic range setup and you want to see exactly how much more you get out of HDR and 4K than you did out of Blu-ray, it, it, this is the movie. Mm. Uh, it's got everything in it that will stretch that to the max. It is impressive on an unbelievable level. Uh, Deacons, you know, he I, thought,
0: we, I thought you look at I me. Mean, this, yeah, this, yeah.
1: this will be his Oscar film, I predict. Yeah. Uh, this will be his Oscar film. Well, Dunkirk. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, it could be. It could be. Okay. But anyway, yeah. Deacons, Deacons just nails it here. Uh, as for the movie itself, uh, let's talk about the movie. We wrote about the movie quite a lot over on the over on we the uh, website, and you know, people should go check that out. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Did it need to be made?
0: Not at not look. When it was announced, I was sure it needed to be made. Yeah. Right. And then it happens, and I'm absolutely positive it didn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So
0: you know, that's, that's what happened to me on that day. And for one thing, look, uh, homage is one thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, this film uh, is almost a duplication of Blade Runner with, with present-day technology and scale. Uh, so you know, present day technology and scale, but the anyway,
1: go. On. I, I have well, I have a whole weird take on this that nobody else has, and that and that is that on the one hand, it is it's regurgitating all the same themes of you know identity and all that stuff that was more or less tackled and and sufficiently settled with the first film, and I don't know that we needed to to go to this place, but the other thing is. It's also at the same time not really a Blade Runner movie. Mm. It's two hours. It's 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 nearly three hours long. Uh, and the direction is very very different. You know, uh, Denis Villeneuve, who did Arrival and a lot of other great films, Ensemble, Sicar- d- uh, Sicario, yeah. um, Sicario, is an amazing director, uh, an amazing French Canadian director. Um, but my theory is that he was not making so much a a Ridley Scott sequel here. Uh, he was not so much making a Phil K Dick story as he was making a Tarkovsky sequel mm. and a a Stanislav Lem film. Mm. You know, this feels more like a like it belongs in the universe of Solaris and Stalker. Yeah,
0: but but, but 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 Solaris, you know, yeah, as, as opposed to the Soderbergh,
1: not yeah. the, but yeah, the, correct, yeah, yeah. yeah, and and it just feels more like one of those kinds of movies. Now, whether that's conscious or not, I don't know, but in any case, um. There's a lot of good stuff in here. Uh, Gosling is terrific, Um, you know. I I just it's but it just doesn't feel necessary. Yeah, Uh, yeah. There it is, Uh, uh, and and
0: and I think that the audience sort of responded to it in the same way. It is a delightful thing to watch, literally watch, see, uh, and delight in all of of what you're seeing. Uh, but at the end of it all, you know a few things. Yeah, they you know they sort of divulge a few things. Yeah. Uh, but you don't feel yeah. like yeah, I didn't. Anyway. I didn't feel at the end of that the way I felt at the end of Blade Runner. I did not either. Like I had had a, you know a transformative cinematic experience. No. no, this was just a big old movie. Yeah. yeah you know what are you going to do? Hey, it. We were just talking about all those clown oh movies gosh. before. Well, this is the one that actually worked. <laughs> and you um, know, did you think it would? Uh, no. I didn't either. For one thing, I didn't think anybody could do as well as Tim Curry, right? Uh, because, you know from the 1980s the, t- the TV the TV whatever miniseries. it was. Yeah. Tim Curry was absolutely extraordinary oh. in that. And then, of course there's the book. Yeah. Uh, uh you know my wife was a big fan of all of these books. I remember yeah. buying this her this book as a heart. It's a hardback book way back in the 80s. But but in but in fact, uh Bill Skarsgård's performance in this movie while you you, uh, you know it's it's different from Tim Curry's. Yeah. Uh, in Has terms of technology and things that they could do. Tim Curry is still fantastic, but, uh, but this, was, this, was, this was pretty damn good, man. The, I, and
1: I was quite surprised. I was shocked, uh, and, and, and I'm, I was grateful. And here's the thing. I, when I heard they'd be making a movie out of it, I thought, well, that's a big story. I mean, there's, there's the kid stuff, and there's the adult stuff. You know, there are two, two huge separate stories to this, everything that happens when they're kids and when they're adults. And the TV miniseries is like six hours long. Mm-hmm. It's long. It it really it really gives you an epic an epic saga, and um, I thought you're you're gonna you're gonna totally cheat me if you try to do that with this movie. And then I realized while watching it, oh, this is just the kid portion. Mm-hmm. They're setting they're they're gonna do the other one in a, in like a year or two. Great, very bright. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Very smart. I was yeah. glad you're not gonna try to. And, uh, and I wasn't aware of that going in. So it was nice to discover that. I saw this with Lale, one of our Film Week uh, uh, yes. colleagues. Lale and I saw this in Ray's class. Ray wanted us, you know, he invites, for those who don't know, our friend Ray Green, a colleague on, on uh, Cine Gods. Ray, uh, Ray teaches a class at LMU and uh, invites his friends and colleagues in every once in a while to talk about the movies that he screens. And so he had Lale and me in to, to talk about it um, that week. We were also on Film Week to review the film, mm-hmm. so he wanted us to see it in his class, so we'd have a spontaneous reaction for the, for the kids, so forth and so on. Uh, I kid you not, Lael, about a half an hour in, nearly jumped into my lap. <laughs> um, I nearly jumped into the lap of the kid that was sitting next to me. There was some, you know, nineteen-year-old next to me. I don't know who she was, but I, 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 I nearly assaulted her right then and there in the theater. Oh, I'm sorry, I did. (laughs) Thought didn't know what I was doing. Uh, It it scared me the daylights out of me. And I know the story. It's a
0: neat movie, you know, but well realized. Yeah. Uh, Deleted scenes on this. And extended scenes on this. So even if you've seen it already. 4K. Yeah, and it's in 4K. So even Penny if you've seen Wise it already. Pennywise will be getting in your face in 4K. Yeah, yeah tap it up again. That's you know, yeah. that's one I can like recommend, recommend, uh, yeah. recommend yes, right there. Yes, for sure. Um, dude, November Criminals. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz and Ansel Elgort, who
1: of course was the baby driver. Why is he doing another baby driver movie? And, and, and this is like kind this kind of the same More movie? More or
0: less, you know, <laughs> one of these kind of things. And what I are his agents thinking? I, what I don't get is how, it's, it's, it's how a movie with her and him in it don't get a theatrical release, a significant
1: uh, domestic, you know, yeah, uh,
0: US theatrical. But you know, there it is, it's getting tough out there, man.
1: I know it is, it's uh, it's crazy. But his, his, I'm, I, if, if I were, if I were in his shoes or if I were his parents, whoever's, whoever's pulling the strings, I'd, I'd have a, I'd have a real sit down with the agents and I would say, baby driver, good move. But you know what? Um, Let's stretch a little bit. Yeah. Find, find me some more interesting stuff where I'm not pursing my lips all the time. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, you know, yeah you know. he's got that one manner, and uh, it's it's that one expression, and it's not. He's got to stretch. The, you got to give this well, kid some you know, more
0: problems. He was in that movie, you know, the the, the Fault in Our Stars, yeah, and the problem yeah. of this young young man. And I said it on on, on the show, and I'll say it again. Uh, learn to act. Uh-huh. It, look, man, you got like this shot. Learn. To act, become yeah. better, yeah, uh, and because you know you can do the, he could do this for another three or four sure. movies, and then that's over, dude. Yep, people are gonna get sick of that crap soon. Yep, uh, but you know whatever friend request, uh, I don't know whatever. This was this is one of those little scary uh, uh, yeah, uh, know, horror movies, you know, college students and all this kind of stuff. Um, it, it, I, but you know, not particularly, not particularly good in in, in the realm of these films. Could have been yeah. better, nevertheless. Um, special features on here. A a little uh, behind the scenes movie thing. I didn't watch it. I don't know anything about it. So friend request. A little horror movie.
1: And then this gangster thing, Gangster Land, uh, by uh, Timothy Woodward Jr. Uh, this is mostly forgettable. Peter Facinelli is, you know, really the only significant name in here. Jason Patrick shows up, but um, it it, it it's it's not. This takes place in the night during Prohibition, 1920s. It's all about a a boxer that's recruited by uh, Al Capone. Um. Uh, it, it it just you know we we had a whole bunch of these remember there were mm. there was like uh, mobsters yeah. and and then there were Bugsy and uh, what was it, Billy Bathgate yeah, there yeah, was a yeah. there was a whole bunch of them all set around the same bunch of characters Bugsy Siegel and 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 uh, Capone and Meyer Lansky and we had we had a whole bunch of those for a moment in the nineties and. uh it's kind of tired. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I get it. Woodward wants to kind of, you know, flex some muscles and make a period piece, and uh, you know, deal with that whole era and the Valentine's Day massacre and all that. But uh, honestly, it's there's no room for this movie. It just there's no room for it. Um Facinelli's okay. Uh, Jason Patrick's largely wasted. We also have Rendell Dark Vengeance. Uh, It's from a series. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's this is from Finland. Yeah, it's from Finland. It's a superhero movie from Finland, Uh, and you know it's funny. I just (laughs) speaking of, I spent, I spent about twenty minutes. uh, Yesterday, I wasted twenty minutes. I should say, trying to make a a a Blu-ray purchase online. Now. You're thinking, Wade, why would you take 20 minutes to make a Blu-ray purchase? This is why. <laughs> because I found out that in 2016, one of my all-time favorite films, the three-hour and 15-minute Finnish war epic, Talvi Sota, uh, from 1989, that is officially the most advertised, it, the movie with the the m- most expensive Oscar campaign in the trades in history. They took out more ads for Talvi Sota in Variety and The Hollywood Reporter than have ever been taken out for any other movie ever. Every Mm. day for five months, there was an ad saying, Talvisoda, Talvisoda, (laughs) Talvisoda. Didn't get a single nomination, not even a foreign language film. It's still a great film. It's about the Winter War uh, in 1939 when Stalin attacked uh, Finland to try to annex it. And nobody paid attention because everybody was preoccupied with Hitler uh you're right so no one paid attention to the fact that stalin and finland are, are at war involving this little internet scene yeah oh it was, it's it's it, what, what the Finns went through was horrible absolutely horrible it's a devastating movie uh and like i think the entire finnish army shows up as extras it's tremendous epic anyway talvi sota the winter war out in a 4k restored blu-ray i had to get it you can you don't get the german one the german one looks like crap you got to get it from the finnish sites well, it co- if you go to Amazon UK, it costs, you know, like 35 euros. Yeah. No way I'm going to pay that. But from the Finnish sites, it's 10 euros. Oh. The problem is I have to use Google Translate to figure out what every single field on that page means. So I'm going <laughs> back and forth, cut, paste, cut, paste, name, address, okay, credit card number. At the end of it all... Credit card declined, because my credit card people think that this is some fraud thing. Somebody's <laughs> buying something in Finland. In Finland, yeah. I gave up. It was a wasted 20 minutes. But anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll try it again today. Anyway, Rendell, Dark Vengeance. That brings us back around to a Finnish superhero. Uh, eh, so anyway, there's this corporation called Vala, and uh, they've invented this vaccine that, uh, that has horrible repercussions and Rendell is the superhero who declares war against Vala and uh you know what it's uh it's not like an american superhero movie it has some it has some real production value behind it it, it it's promising uh, for a franchise, I could see them doing something with this, and I am very impressed by the filmmakers involved. This is not what I normally expect out of Finland, which tends to make very artsy, traditional period films about you know World War II mm. and and uh, you know coming of age movies. And Finnish movies are very good, but they just don't travel very well. This could travel, so look for Rendell Dark Vengeance. Very interesting.
0: Uh, the Square. Which is an uh, you know, this this is this little wacky film that people were talking about a little while ago. It was, con- it, it, yeah. It you was know, this content- is won the won the
1: Yeah, it did. Uh, um, it won the Palm d'Or at can uh, was expected to be more of a foreign language hit than I think it. Then became. It turned out to be Elizabeth yeah. Moss is
0: in it from uh, Handmaid's Tale and Tell. Uh, set in the art world, it's, it's kind of poking fun at the art world.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a satire. Yeah um it's swedish it, the uh, the the square in question is a, it's all related to a to a museum and modern art yeah, and the, the, the idea of this art space yeah. called the square and this
0: curator guy who's doing this thing with it and he has this interview which is really very funny it, that interview, interview Elid- great. with Elizabeth Moss yeah that's very funny he gets involved in this sort of odd little relationship with her that goes a little bit sideways and then he starts to go a little bit sideways and it's and it's it's it's, mo- it's mocking a whole bunch of things and, and and I think a lot of people didn't get that it was making fun of these the, things. the it, satire you know.
1: is very subtle. Yeah. And uh, this is one of those movies that does well it can. Underground by Emir Kosteritz is another one, mm. uh, which is actually coming out soon from Criterion, by the way. But, uh, yeah, this is one of those films that does well it can because I think foreign audiences and juries tend to understand it more than Americans who will sort of cock an eye and go yeah. – should I be laughing at
0: that. I think I think I think American audience just took it a little too seriously yeah, they did. in terms of, you know, what sure. it was. Anyway, whatever. It's it's yeah. it's sort of neato. Dominic Weston also. This has a few special features on it including some behind the scenes stuff and some casting tapes and
1: whatever. Yeah. Uh Claude Autant Lara: Four Romantic Escapes from Occupied France. This is the uh wonderful release from Criterion's Eclipse series. Um you know, we, we were getting a lot of Eclipse releases for a long time, and then they kind of stalled, and a lot of people were emailing me and asking me, is the Eclipse line done? Is it finished? And so I emailed them, and they said, no, 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 we got, we're still working on stuff. Uh, and the thing is, every Eclipse release is a boxed set. Mm. so there are multiple movies that they are cleaning up and you know this kind of stuff and and they don't come with extras so they're paying attention to the transfers uh and claude auton is a is a he's a contemporary of the um of the the directors who inspired the the new wave so he was there with melville and a lot of these other guys uh, and and kind of gets lost during the new wave period um and, uh, you know, mostly what he's primarily known for are, are, are very sort of opulent comedies. Um, and you could probably compare him a little bit to Sturges or Lubitsch in some ways. But um, anyway, he, uh, he made some very interesting films. And these are four romances, uh, four basically period romances that were made during the occupation Uh, in 1942 and 43 and then the last one was made after the war Sylvian et le Fantôme Uh, the other three Lettre d'amour Douce and Le mariage de Chiffon Um, really very clever films very enjoyable and uh, a wonderful discovery so uh, you know if you're not familiar with Claude Autant Lara this is Eclipse Series 45 from the Criterion Collection um, definitely check it out. Four really interesting films and uh, a wonderful you know, the film that we mostly think of from this particular period, from the occupation is uh, is is uh, uh, The Children of Paradise, and um, it's nice to get a little broader idea of the other films that were being made during the same period, especially by a filmmaker that we're often uh, not exposed to sufficiently, so yeah. it's very, very nice. Claude Autant-Lara, Eclipse Series 45, Four Romantic Escapes from Occupied France.
0: Felicité. I love um, this movie. Yeah, it's a real, really love powerful movie.
1: movie set in Kinshasa. This uh, is from a, the from a Senegalese French filmmaker. Yeah, who uh, has, whose uh, career has mar- mostly uh, split the difference between you know French and Senegalese sensibilities. And uh, I just think this is a great movie about
0: about this young woman. Uh, she's a singer. She's working in the capital. Uh, uh, her son uh, is in a car accident, and and it's about what she has to do. Yeah, excuse <clears throat> me. And to she, get the money to, to and she to you know save she, her son.
1: And she has a she has you know a, an interesting relationship with this uh, repairman, this uh, kind of handyman who keeps who keeps is uh, saying you know why don't you marry me? What do you got to lose? Real love, real real smooth talker. Yeah. And uh, but she's <laughs> uh, she's you know just uh, she's fiercely loyal to her son and. She She's devoted, and uh, the, a very famous Senegalese singer is, is the actress in this, and she is she, she just tears it up. I, I reviewed this for Cinegods.com. You should go and check out my review there. Um, it's a it's a really wonderful, powerful film, uh, and a, and a, and one of the few films that sort of looks at um, uh, at, at the urban family dynamic in uh, in a certain part of uh, of East Africa. So it's definitely worth checking out.
0: Yeah uh Steph, Stefan zweig farewell to Europe uh an, another very very good film about uh that writer uh grand Budapest uh, Budapest, Budapest hotel, hotel. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, your, your, your film uh West Anderson's film all that kind of stuff yeah uh, and and during his period when he was in exile um uh, during the war uh, again a very 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 powerful film very psychologically uh, uh penetrating film um that you should just see um this is a DVD from First Run Features and I was no I thought I it's it, it it had it's in German, English, and Portuguese, and French and Spanish with subtitles but there I thought that there was a commentary track but there is not. Ah well,
1: should be. Yeah. So I got some good Blu-rays here. Uh let me go through this little uh this little stack here. First of all, and they're not my kinds of movies necessarily, but uh these are they're all worth they're all. They're all. They all have historical or archival value. Raro Video uh, now distributes through um, uh, Kino, and uh, they keep finding these really interesting, primarily Italian movies from uh, the seventies, in particular. Uh, so Raro Video went and unearthed the Fernando dileo Leo directed movie La Seduzione. You should be able to translate that all by yourself. <laughs> Uh, so the, this stars Maurice Ronet, who a lot of people probably know from, from Purple Noon, uh, if you're a fan of that, um, uh, who plays this, uh, this cad who goes back to Sicily at, after his father passes away, and he there gets involved in this, this, you know, this kind of, uh, this romance with a certain woman played by, uh, Lisa Gastoni, and, uh, that then dovetails into uh, some some of that usual Italian stuff that you get where it feels a little bit exploitative, um, it's a little bit artsy, and then it goes real dark in a very strange way, and you, you know, you, you sort of don't see it coming at you from left field. It, a lot of films uh, Italian films in this period still feel to me like they're trapped between being. Uh, soft core and being legitimately art. Art filmed. house, yeah, art right house. On. And this is one of those. Uh, it you know it it you're like this is trashy, but there's something going on, and it's really well made, but it's still trashy. And I kind of don't I don't feel like I should be liking it as much as I am. Uh, it, so it's an interesting artifact from 1973, uh, La Seduzione. Um Fernando De Leo, you know, never quite gets a lot of respect, but it, it, you know, Raro Raro picked a good one here. Um we've also got a film by a director I am not a fan of. Arturo Ripstein is not one of my favorite people. Uh Time to Die from Film Movement Classics, however, is you kind of got to you sort of got to give this some props because Gabriel Garcia Marquez wrote the screenplay. And uh it, even though I am not a fan of Ripstein, um it's, it's, quite a, it, it's, it's quite an interesting film. Uh, this is basically a Mexican Western, and uh, this was made in 1966 when Westerns were either of one variety, the American, or the other, the Spaghetti Western. You were either the Italian or the American, and nobody was really making anything that didn't sort of fit either the one mold or the other, the John Wayne mold or the Eastwood and Franco Nero mold. Uh, this is a third way and it's very interesting because you watch this and you realize that a lot of what Ripstein was doing here kind of informs Peckinpah and Peckinpah clearly is very aware of this and integrates a lot of uh, Ripstein's style into his old work and in, into his own work so um uh, because there's a moment when Peckinpah really kind of changes mm. so it it, it 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 is worth checking out it's it's very interesting it's got you know revenge and all the usual stuff that you get in 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 any western um but it's uh it's extremely, extremely interesting. And the script by uh, Marquez is is really literate and very, very strong. Uh, there's even a video introduction by uh, Alex Cox, who apparently only does introductions now, doesn't make his own movies anymore. Don't know what the problem is there. Mm. Uh, and then there is a commentary by Ripstein and one of his actors, Enrique Rocha. And uh, a really interesting essay by Carlos Gutierrez, who co-founded Cinema Tropical. So this is Time to Die from Film Movement Classics on Blu-ray, and very deservedly so. Ah, uh, interesting.
0: This is an interesting film here, The Untamed. Amada Escalante film, a uh, uh, debut yep. film, right, Mexican film, yep. right? This is, this, is, this, is, this is a sort of psychological science fiction thriller. Um, uh, you have this couple, this little family there, this uh, relatively speaking uh, unhappy marriage, a meteorite. Balls. No, no, uh, and uh, it, we and we, in, in, in we end up in a situation where a a, a a a a a woman comes into their life and tells them about this about this hut out in the woods that they should go to, and they go out to this hut in the woods and there's this creature in the hut. Oh no, related to that meteor and. <laughs> Uh, it becomes a very odd movie. I'll put it to you this way. It's the kind of movie where each of the principal actors in, in, in the film yeah. have to play several characters. Uh, 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 they they play their primary character mm-hmm. and then other characters, and there's a perfectly reasonable reason why that's happening. So it's kind of neat, uh, and I like it quite a lot. Um, uh, Blu-ray here, behind-the-scenes documentary, which is really kind of neat because when you watch the doc, it makes the movie make a whole lot more sense. Uh, the Untamed, very sexy, very sexual film. Um, uh, you know, it'll stick in your head for quite a while. Uh, and uh, we also have uh, in her name year, Daniel Otuel, Otay, Uh I obviously could let you say all the French <laughs> names. Uh, uh, it, it, anyway, uh, um, it, it, it's it's about a guy who's trying to bring justice to to his daughter who died under uh, the circumstances, and it's been twenty seven years, and he and he intends to get justice for his daughter. It, you know, this is this is this is um, this is pretty intense and exciting stuff. Uh, it, it, it's set in it's set in nineteen eighty two. His daughter's fourteen years old. Uh, uh, when she's killed, when she's on a, on on vacation with her mother and and in in Germany and uh, and he's just uh, convinced that her death was not an accident and he's gonna he's gonna figure out what the hell happened. Um, and it's based on a true case. Beautiful, yeah. So powerful stuff there. Uh,
1: I, this mi- I miss getting lo- I, I miss getting a lot of great Daniel Auteuil movies here yeah. and uh, you know new new ones. Uh, I got a few Blu-rays here from uh, Kino. One is The Wound. Uh, by uh John John Trengev. Um, you know what? This is a South African film that I'm not really fond of. I respect what they're trying to do, uh, but I I just I can't I can't get with this movie. It's just uh, deeply upsetting. Uh, the it's uh shot in the Shosa language, and it deals very specifically with a tribe in South Africa where yeah. there is a. A, a a coming of age circumcision ritual rituals man that to this day goes on where these young men go up into the yeah mountains. this is males so not female. yeah yeah uh, this is but this is men like <laughs> grown men like you're when you're when you're you know 13 years old or whatever you go yeah. up into the mountains and. You, where the where the grown men take a take a a, a dirty rusty knife I'm to your
0: here. people can't see me but I'm shaking and I'm like yeah, I was I'm just so like...
1: upset with this movie uh and they they give you the, the the mother of all circumcisions and then you have to sort of you you get someone who's sort of your guide your uh, yeah. your your counselor or whatever you might be. And that person is your guides you through your your manhood ritual while you're up in the mountains for a while. Yeah, whatever, dude. Yeah, that's all. Well, and then it but then it takes a gay twist, right? Then it's about this the 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 lead character is you know uh, trying to become a man, but at the same time trying to hide his sexuality, and then of course finds out that his mentor is also hiding his, and then you get into all this the, the 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 secondary subject of you know what is masculinity and what is repressed sexuality and these tribal Cultures and is there room for it? And all those are all valid questions and all interesting questions, uh, but the, I, the, the whole circumcision sequence is so haunting, I just couldn't get through the rest of the movie no, without really. having that just burning a hole in my brain. It's the psychosexual,
0: so uh, homo, uh,
1: erotic stuff is not really necessary here. Oh, yeah. it's just so disturbing. Uh, then we've also got uh, Kills on Wheels uh, by Attila Till this is a um this is a, presumably an action comedy uh although it really really it it's it pushes the envelope uh i've been to hungary i i spent a little bit of time in hungary uh and uh the hungarians are have a curious sense of humor and this was submitted for the this was their official submission for the academy awards last year and i am and, and watching it i'm thinking what were you people thinking <laughs> uh really truly it you know the idea is you have these kids who are disabled and you build this action comedy around them that turns into kind of a gangster comedy and it's very, it really is on the edge. you you kind of like, that's not funny. I know you think that's funny, but that's, re- oh, that's really not funny. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm all about pushing the envelope with comedy, but boy, you kind of go, oh, I don't feel comfortable <sighs> laughing at people in wheelchairs. Uh there's a there's a there's a you, you can there's a right and a wrong way to do that and this kind of ooh. So Attila Till, you've got some talent, but um I don't know, man. It's it's uh it's it's a little bit it's it even pushes my buttons in a in a strange way. <sighs> uh, and then here here are my two favorites. yes, Meg and Jean, Jean Gabin. So, George Simenon, the famous uh, Belgian writer, created this fantastic detective character uh, known as Maigret, and they made some uh, wonderful movies, specifically Maigret Sets a Trap and Maigret and the Saint-Fiacre case. Uh, These are really fun. Uh, Director Jean Delannoy directed both of them, uh, both based on actual novels, not just the character. Uh, but they actually are adaptations of the novels, and they're just a whole lot of fun. And Jean Gabin is, is older in these films. Uh, you know, these are these are with him well past his prime. He's not in uh, in his uh, grand illusion. Um era anymore these are you know late 50s 58 and 59 and um it's a lot of fun he really he just chews the scenery and he has a lot of fun with the character and it's you know crusty and uh especially any girardot if you're familiar with any girardot she's wonderful in the first film mcgray sets a trap absolutely delightful so um i no extras here but it does, they don't, you don't need them they're just really really fun mysteries and uh, it's all about watching jean gabin just be an amazing actor beautifully beautifully made lots of fun
0: uh, neat stuff, Cloverfield. Are we gonna pop over some of these?
1: Yeah, let's do the classic stuff. So, cl- yeah, Cloverfield and and uh, uh, cl- Ten Cloverfield Lane, or both 10, out and
0: Ten Cloverfield. Are you
1: know what's you know what's funny about uh, you know so Cloverfield uh four K Ultra HD.
0: So Cloverfield, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Uh, you know what's interesting to me about mm. these movies? Mm. Uh, I still have no idea what the hell is going on <laughs> in these movies. That's the whole point. I have no idea. So, I, and, and you know, I, I suppose that's the thing. And um, and, and sort of need. What? Which one do you like best?
1: Oh, well, oh I'm, look, I'm biased. You know, uh, well, well, we Matt, know. Matt, direct, Matt. Matt directed Cloverfield, and uh, and Brian direct produced Cloverfield. I know the people who made it. Yeah, I know how this film got made. It's like everybody that I know. Um, Call, these are. It was a calling card film for. for it, basically, for. Matt had not directed a, a feature in a very long time. He had done the the pallbearer, and then segued into television, right, mm-hmm. where he had where he directed just. Lots of pieces of episodic television, and he had done uh, it co-created Felicity. And Cloverfield was his getting back in the directing game, the feature directing game, and then that launched him into everything else. And yeah. he was hot again. Yeah. So and, it, and it, is
0: you know yeah there you go. Yeah. Uh, Dan Trachtenberg, of course, uh, directed uh, uh, Ten Lane. Uh, uh, the Lane. Lane. Uh, I, and his commentary track is on over there. Anyway, these are fun films, but but uh, the, once again, I watch these movies and I'm like ah
1: whatever. Yeah, well, I I, you know, I think Cloverfield is very much a resume piece, and, and it worked. Yeah, uh, it's it was the first of, of the quote unquote found footage movies. Uh, maybe not the very first one. I think uh, Wreck. I think Wreck. Well, actually, that no, that's right. Yeah, yeah the Blair Witch, the Blair Witch the first, was the first, first, one. first one. That's damn near twenty five years ago. Yeah. Then. And then Rec, yeah. uh, the the like Mexican R-R-E-C, film, R-E-C, yeah. yeah, that that kind of that created a whole franchise uh, in in Mexico as well. But uh, yeah, Cloverfield really was the one that 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 hit it big at the box yeah. office. Yeah. It was a, you know it was a big budget thing. It was a monster movie, and it made that. And yeah, it it, it worked for him. It was it was terrific. Uh, we got a couple from the Vestron Video Collectors Series, which I absolutely adore because I remember all of these things when they were they were first in theaters and they were a big deal. And uh, this really takes me back to the video era. So Vestron Video Collector Series from Lionsgate. We start with Class of 1999. Yeah. And you know what? This is back when taglines were awesome. Uh, The Ultimate Teaching Machine, out of control. Class of 1999. Uh, it's just so funny. 1999 did not turn out to be anything like this movie <laughs> predicted. Not even close. Eh, uh, Prince, Prince
0: got it wrong, too, though. So. Yeah,
1: everybody got it wrong. Anyway, Mark Lester uh, produced and directed this, does an audio commentary that's an awful lot of fun. And uh, look, it's, it's this is basically, you know, like Terminator High. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's, you know... Androids in high school and and uh, lots of really interesting effects and uh, it's you know it, it's it's just it's an excuse to do kind of teen action it's silly, uh, gothic. Oh boy, do I have a lot to say about gothic.
0: Ah, uh, uh, t- uh, Ken Russell. Ken Russell, yeah. yeah.
1: So gothic for the longest time held the distinct honor of being the worst movie I had ever seen in my life. <laughs> Until natural born killers,
0: <gasps> you hated natural born killers. I hated killers? It natural oh, born, man.
1: and natural born killers held that honored position uh, until uh, postal. <laughs> Uli. Uwe Uli. Bowls. Uli Bo. Uwe bowls. Uwe bowls postal is still distinctly the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, so gothic is moving up. <laughs> it's uh, it's now third from the bottom. Mark Mark has some great stories about. Ken. Oh my god. Uh, You know, look, here's the thing about Gothic. First, for those who don't know, there were two movies in the same 18-month period that dealt with this particular story. Uh, The other one was with Eric Roberts, and what was that called? Oh, I can't even remember. Um, The other one was sort of more tame and legit. Uh, Gosh, I'm going to have to pull that title up. I'll look it up. Uh, But in in any case, uh, the the other film and the Gothic, they, they are both about the same night in 1816 at this Swiss villa where some of the greatest authors uh, in history had a... Uh, Byron. The, yeah, B- Byron and Shelley and Mary Shelley. They, they, they had this drug-fueled orgy, and they all got delirious and hallucinated like mad on opium or whatever was going on. And then uh, the next morning... I think I'm going to, well, and and presumably, you know, uh, Frankenstein was birthed by this. Mary Shelley thought of Frankenstein during this, you know, hallucination. And, you know, there are all of these, uh, I, I, Dr. Polidori thought of something. Anyway, all these yeah. people thought up these great literary works out of this one drug-fueled evening. Ken Russell doesn't really care about any of that no. because Ken Russell was nuts. Uh, For those who don't know, we were supposed to interview Ken Russell. <laughs> For uh, uh, stupid for movies, when Mark and I did stupid for movies, yeah. and you sat in on that yeah. a couple of times too. So Ken Russell was in town for something at the Academy. We were supposed to interview him at the Lowe's Hotel in Santa Monica. So Corey, good friend Corey, Corey got down there with the crew first. Corey was there waiting. I was getting down there to interview Ken Russell, and as soon as I get there, Corey and everybody and the crew are sitting in the lobby, and Corey says to me, uh, "He won't come out of his room." <laughs> What do you mean he won't come out of his room? We talked to the publicist. He's, he's he knows oh. we're coming. He goes, No, no. We've we've they called up and he hangs up on us. And uh I went up and I knocked on the door and, and he yelled at me. What what? <laughs> I shouldn't have been surprised. It's Ken Russell, he's out of his mind. He's a lunatic and he's, you know, getting senile at that time too. Yeah. And uh uh, and uh, I called the publicist and I said, you know, he's supposed to be at the academy this evening and we're supposed to talk to him before he goes. Could you tell me what's what the deal is? And they're like, we're so sorry. We don't know. We have no, <laughs> like, like the publicist was just apoplectic. She clueless, had no idea what was going on. And that evening, the, the, the uh, we didn't interview him. We just we gave up and went away. That evening at the academy, the, the interview with Russell was a train wreck. Oh, yeah. Was a train wreck. It's legendary. I think it's on YouTube. He's basically not answering any question. He's just laughing at the interviewer. He's just cackling like a madman on stage. It was a train wreck.
0: Mark, Come, has, Mar- Mark actually has Mark audio. was there. That's yeah. right. Mark audio. <laughs> oh recorded audio. Oh, my gosh. Audio. It's, just, it's, it's just, insane. You can hear Ken Russell cackling
1: from the stage, echoey. Yeah, it's it's just, so crazy. He's just out of his mind. Uh, well. And Gothic is when he was going there. Yeah. When he made Altered States, he was still – halfway in this realm. And then there's like lair of the white worm and then we get to gothic and gothic is just out of control. This movie is ridiculous. <laughs> and yet, I find it irresistible on a certain level. I hate mm. it so much that I I just want to show it to people so that they can see what I'm talking about when when I when I I tell them, "No, you have not lived <laughs> until you've heard Julian Sands scream it's decay we've got to send it back <laughs> it's my f- the, my my favorite awful line in movie history oh Jim it's decay so. we've got to send it back. What does that even mean and then Gabriel Byrne says no look I, I, like here i forget i forget what 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 the actress's name is what's the what's the other actress in this thing? I forget her name uh, oh
0: it's uh, what's his names uh, uh Miriam label? sear Miriam sear. Yeah.
1: So, Mir- Natasha Richardson. Basically, it's yeah. Gabriel Byrne, Julian Sands, Natasha Richardson, Miriam Sear, and Timothy Spall. Timothy Spall, like, you know, at one point takes the, the cross off of the, the, the this bed. Is about, this is about 1986, by the way. About this 85, completely 86. Completely
0: whacked. Something like yeah. That.
1: Yeah. yeah. I saw this at a midnight showing at UCLA with my friends. And we, stood, and we got out at 2 in the morning, and we stood there in the quad until 3.30 in the morning screaming about how much we hated this movie. <laughs> so we we honestly i haven't I'm going on I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna I swear I'm gonna tie this up in a second, so uh so Timothy' Spall at one point he's lying in bed, he takes the crucifix off the wall behind him, revealing a nail, and then he takes his hand and he just like starts impaling his hand sadomasochistically on the nail. what At yeah. a certain certain point, Miriam Sear says, "Look into my eyes and Gabriel Byrne says. I am. And she says, no, my eyes. And then she drops her top and they're like eyeballs instead of, of nipples blinking yeah. at him. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, no. and, then, and then Miriam Sear at one point is crawling around naked with a rat in her mouth. Yeah. And, and Gabriel Byrne says, no, don't you see? She's trying to tell us to stand up to our fears. Yeah, you know. Uh, I know too much about this movie. It's insane. Coke was a hell of a drug. (laughs) (laughs) Middle 80s. I know. I'm selling it, and I don't want (laughs) to sell it. But anyway, it's gothic from the Vestron Video Collector Series. Tim, I'm done. It's insane. It is crazy.
0: What's nut is Hell Night 1981, kind of just as crazy. But 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 meant to be uh, at least anyway. It's one of those um, uh, one of those movies where for college gals you yeah. have to have to go. They live in this house, and, and there's a crazy old lady in there, and there's a massacre yeah. of her family, and she terrorizes and all that. Whatever, uh, sort of a classic from the period. This is the collector's edition Blu-ray DVD combo pack for uh, Hell Night. Uh, special features: a 4K scan. Uh, from the best archival print, several interviews, commentary with the casting crew. So you know, I remember, I remember going to see this movie in 1981. I didn't like it in 1981. <laughs> <when> I <was laughs> <real quick>. Right? i <gasps> am I going to do? I'm going to do it with that? One Million B.C. Hal Roach, Hal Roach Jr. Uh, and Victor Mature in this sort of really interesting movie, sort of prehistoric tale of survival and love between uh, you know these these this guy belonging to one sort of. Tr- Prehistoric tribe and this woman belonging to a different tribe, the blonde tribe and the brunette tribe. <laughs> Basically, it's what they are. What I loved about these movies is nobody bothered to check with any paleontologist back right. in 1945 just right. to see what might actually make sense. You know, what kind of creatures we would put on the planet at the same time, but you know, <laughs> or, 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 what, what the hell are you gotta do? Victor Mature, Carol Landis, and Lon Chaney Jr. on, on this Blu ray, which is actually pretty neat. You know, Victor Mature just never could act. Just oh, never, never. never. Just he never just had the good. face. That's he used, all he had. And he, and, and, and he knew it. He used to call himself Victor Manure when he talked about his, his, his own performances.
1: Oh, that's funny. But, but
0: what the hell, you know, he, he hung around for a while. This is pretty neat. Um, um,
1: I was looking to see if there's anything. Going. No, not, not, nothing special on the Blu-ray. All right, so we're gonna we're getting short on time, so I'm gonna I'm gonna crank through uh, some of this uh, the remaining classic title stuff here real quickly. Uh, from Olive, we have the Nutcracker, uh, Nutcracker the motion picture. This was uh, this should have gotten to us in time for the holidays, yeah. did not, but still great. Directed by Carol Ballard, um, who of course is a, a, a shares my alma mater UCLA. Carol Ballard, a fascinating director who just didn't have a a very pr- prolific career did the black stallion never cry wolf never cry wolf uh a few other films the uh that uh, sailing thing with matthew modine oh yeah um, uh, that actually cuz somebody got killed on that movie it, it, win with, Gen- with jennifer yeah. gray as well yeah. but you know he just didn't make a lot of movies he made some really good movies but didn't make a lot of movies so anyway um this is from 1986 and uh he's basically doing the nutcracker and it's it's a it's a little bit of a diversion for him but uh you know, using members of the Pacific Northwest Ballet and, uh, and it's primarily a performance film, but it is still um, it's still really engaging and it's still really wonderful to look at and you just kind of can't go wrong. You can't, really can't go wrong with The Nutcracker. Um, it's, kinda, it's meant to be sort of a companion to the Maurice Sendak Nutcracker uh, book. So uh, worth checking out, 1986. Definitely go, uh, you know, at least grab this for uh, just for the Tchaikovsky music, if nothing else and then we also have Bob Hope and Fernandel in a very unusual pairing with Anita Ekberg as the woman yeah. between them in Paris Holiday. Uh really kind of an I don't know who thought to pair Bob Bing Hope and b- Fernandel. Bing must have been- on concert tours, <laughs> right? Oh, uh, yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, Fernandel was a huge European star. Mm. Bob Hope was a big global star, but I, it's a it's an odd thing to kind of put the two of them together. And yet, it is a funny film. It's a very uh, it's kind of a, a minor comedy classic. Um, you know, with Bob Hope as an actor who you know is trying to do some movie work, purchasing a screenplay in Paris, and uh, winds up getting into this kind of a caper. And then there's Fernandel and Anita Eckberg and they have a lot of fun. And uh, it's it's actually not a bad film. So uh, it's it again 1958. It's a bit of a minor comedy, but it's fun. And um, from the Warner Archive Collection, we have uh, both versions of Strictly Dishonorable, uh, which are also both quite good. And uh, I'm glad they went and did this. Uh, if you're not familiar with Strictly Dishonorable, um, it's uh, it's kind of a it's one of those sophisticated comedies. And uh, it was done twice, two different films. Both of them very, very respectable. Uh, neither of them dishonorable, and uh, they're worth checking out. The 1951 remake is probably my uh, preferred version, personally. Janet Lee in that one. Yeah, it's it's quite good. Uh, you know, Janet Lee, uh, Ezio Pinza, um, Gail Robbins. Uh, that one, that one's really good. Um, the, uh, the the both both based on a stage play that was written by Preston Sturges, uh, but Preston Sturges didn't actually uh, make either of these movies. So that's uh, you know that's kind of it's what that, that what that, in many respects that's sort of what. Um, uh, a lot of people have mourned is the fact that uh, you know Sturges never got to do his version of this yeah. but uh, nonetheless the um, the 51 version is uh, is is written and uh, directed by Melvin Frank and Norman Panama both of whom are very very good directors and uh, you know absolutely worth checking out so anyway uh, there it is the uh, both versions of strictly dishonorable from the Warner Archive collection we also have a comedy triple feature uh, of Jerry Lewis movies that you've probably never seen. These are the three that sort of get lost. Jenny, Jerry Lewis and Janet Lee in Three on a Couch. Uh, Jerry Lewis and Peter Lawford and Anne Francis in Hook, Line, and Sinker. And Jerry Lewis in the very underrated Don't Raise the Bridge, Lower the River, which I thought is, is just is so funny. Uh, I still love that film. I think it's absolutely great. Terry Thomas is in it. Yeah. You put Jerry Lewis and Terry Thomas in a movie together, You've Got Me Sold. That's directed by Jerry Paris, uh, who uh, otherwise is, is best known for um, Happy Days. Yeah. Jerry, Lewis, Jerry Paris's son is actually a friend of mine. So, I uh, just saw him the other day. We uh, we worked we worked at the Man's National Theater together. I like Three on the Couch. It, 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 they're, they're such fun yeah. films. Marianne Mobley. And then uh, Hollywood's Greatest Screen Legends, 50 of the best actors and actresses of all time, show up in uh, 20 Hours of Biography. Julie Andrews, Catherine Hepburn, Laurence Olivier, Cary Grant. Oh, my gosh. It's four discs and on and on and on. You name the star, they've got a little biographical sketch here. Um, it's a nice little sort of video reference thing to have on hand if you're if you're an old movie fan. So Hollywood's Greatest Screen Legend's 50 of the best actresses and actors of all time. Locked and Loaded uh, is a four-barrel combo yeah. of really bad movies, which includes <laughs> uh, Second Command with uh, Van Damme, Red Sands Extraction, Operation Rogue, which is a Roger Corman produced thing. None of these are any good, um, th- but you know they they are what they are. Uh, in, in, enjoy yourself, knock yourself out. Uh, it, it's just something to put on in the background. And then the Durango Kid, ten yeah. Western classics. Um, you ever watched the Durango Kid? Oh, yeah, yeah. That the, the,
0: the Durango Kid was the was the. Um, Alter ego of this sort of like mild, yeah. it, was, it was like super. It was like a Superman thing, only he was a cowboy. <laughs> so he, yeah. he, was, he was just he was just a mild mannered guy, and then he would take on the persona of the Durango key, Kid and go. They're all kind crimes, of the same, and, though. Yeah, they're the same. they're
1: all from the nine, you know, the nineteen forties and the fifties. Yeah, Charles Charles Starrett, I think. Yeah, yeah, Charles, Charles Starrett. Yeah. Starrett yeah. yeah, they're all kind of the same. He's kind of like the Lone Ranger yeah. except less exciting and yeah. no no mask. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: And and the thing of it is I could never figure out how come everybody didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> "Oh, you're oh, uh, okay, never mind." Yeah, well, We're
1: anyway. Uh and I want to make quick uh not, didn't get to our kid vid, but I did want to uh put a put a couple of uh a couple of titles on the radar. Because uh, these have been, these are worth uh, for Nickelodeon fans. Nickelodeon has a lot of great stuff, and we we watch Nick stuff in our house. We watch Young Einstein's a lot now, but uh, what we what my daughter does not watch are mutant ninja turtle things. But turtle fans will like uh, Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Final Chapters. Uh, this 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 is really quite aggressive animation, and I'm glad they've taken it in this direction. Um, this has Monsters vs. Mutants, The Samurai Mutant Apocalypse. Uh, this is you know two discs so they're they're kind of pushing the envelope a little bit on uh, on the mutant Ninja turtle uh saga, so that is interesting. And then we also have, which my daughter will thoroughly enjoy, Nella, the princess knight uh this has a lenticular cover to make sure that you don't miss how cool and sweet and awesome Nella is. Uh, she's a she's a princess and she's a knight. <laughs> and uh, anyway, these are eight adventures from this very charming little little series uh, that kind of splits the difference between Disney's uh, Princess Sophia mm-hmm. and the um, uh, ma- Pony My Little Pony. That little pony people. Yeah, yeah. Th- yeah, that 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 nonsense. So it's kind of between those two worlds. It's not bad. And then uh, we got a couple of Scooby Doo things too. Be cool, Scooby Doo. That'd be cool, Scooby-Doo teamwork. Screamwork, which is the new Scooby-Doo. Not really a big fan of this. There's uh, 13 episodes of this new Scooby-Doo series, which is not up to snuff with the old Scooby-Doo series. But... You know, if you if you're you're into it, yeah. And then uh, Scooby-Doo, Batman Scooby-Doo and Batman: The Brave and the Bold. Um, this is a crossover that Warner Brothers that has done. That is
0: just crazy.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is this is better than this other new Scooby-Doo, which I don't like the artwork on at all. Uh, but this also includes a couple of Scooby-Doo um, vintage cartoons, including the Caped Crusader. That's sweet. Uh, so I'm uh, I was I was glad that they went in that direction and uh, and gave us the vintage cartoons to kind of tune this thing up and it's a lot of fun so uh, with that we are done and we'll be back yeah. next week go us and check us out at yes. uh, cinegods.com email us at gods at yeah